What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I am your host, Adam Meredith. Fuck, it feels good to be back on here and talking to you guys. It's been a minute. It's been a little while. I've been having some other things going on. Been grinding away, trying to get this other shit taken care of. And uh, I've been neglecting setting up conversations and getting these conversations out to you so for that i apologize but if you are listening i gotta say thank you i love all of you guys who have been rocking with the show we're coming up on three years this summer and uh man it's a, it's been a crazy ass ride i can't wait to uh, keep this rocket ship moving in the right direction and i am forever foreverly i am forever grateful to each and every single one of you for listening so with that said let's get to our guest we have a fucking kick-ass guest i have a bona fide inventor ladies and gentlemen i'm sitting down with jeremiah raber he is uh, an entrepreneur he is an inventor he has done some pretty cool shit so I am very excited to share this conversation with you. So without any further ado, let's gain some perspective with Jeremiah Raber. I sound weird. You sound weird to yourself? Mm-hmm. Nobody likes their own voice. Is it's, that what it is? It's real strange. Yeah, yeah. You get used to it, though. You get used to it. Jeremiah. Is it Raber? Yes, sir. Okay. I'm always, like, second-guessing myself whenever I say people's names. I want to make sure I say it correctly. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thanks for doing this, dude. No problem. Yeah, man. It's been uh, it's been real cool to, like, check out the products. Like, you're a fucking certified inventor, bro. I know. It's weird. Like, how did you get into that? Like, what, what, like, what takes you down that path of invention? I think everybody has a little creativity in them. Yeah. And um, I think it was, like, 2005, 2006, I was working out all the time at this gym and um and king's highway or no excuse me hampton avenue st louis fitness club okay and there was this guy steve caviton and um real cool guy i love chatting with him but he had a really hot daughter and uh <laughs> but he was an inventor oh so there was like dual purposes for hanging out and talking to him cause, yeah because i liked his daughter and and he's, in, he's inventing stuff yeah he and so it's kind of like the I've used this analogy before, the Roger, Roger Bannister four-minute mile, you know, like after he did it, like other people saw him do it, and so they thought they could. So I kind of like, I, I saw, I knew someone now. Right. That, uh, so now it's in the realm of possibility. Right. Yeah. There's a great book about that. I think it was uh, The Rise of Superman by Stephen Kotler. That's good. Yeah, it's a yeah. great book, right? Yeah. He, um, his whole, uh, what is it, uh, Lyme disease struggles, kind of, kind of crazy. Who, Kotler? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, was he talking about, was he on Rogan? Did Stephen Kotler go on mm-hmm. Rogan? And he talked yeah. about that pretty extensively on there. Yep. Lyme disease will fuck you up, bro. Yeah. One of the toughest dudes I know um, in high school, I'm not going to give his name out there, but this dude just, you know, someone you wouldn't mess with. Like, yeah. it's hobbled him. He's good like two, three hours a day now. Wow. That's one of those things that have uh, have just, it's like, it's not like a deep fear, but it's always in the back of my mind of where it's like, it doesn't matter what you do if you get bit by like the wrong bug. Yeah. It can completely yeah. just destroy you. Like yeah. that, uh, 
that Lone Star tick yeah. where like the alpha can't gal. Eat meat. Yeah, you can't eat red meat. Yeah, that's dude. fucked up. Dude, I would, like steak. <laughs> I fucking love it, dude. I eat so much beef. Right. Oh, dude, that would fucking suck. But um, yeah, dude. Once things are back, like once you once you you meet somebody and like they're doing it, and then all of a sudden it's in the realm of possibility yeah. for you. Like, yeah. That's a game changer. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the world is full of everybody's. Like, you come up with an idea and they're like, oh, that's if it was so good, it would already be done. Or there's you know, yeah. It, like there's so many naysayers. So like to start surrounding yourself with the people that yeah are doing it are are positive. And that's um, kind of where it all started. And it didn't just, it didn't start with nutshells. It was, I was tinkering with other shit, you know. And then, I don't know, it's just been an amazing learning process. Yeah. You know, like, if you would have told me back then it's going to cost me this much money and take me this much time, I probably never would have started. But, yeah. you know, I just started and started throwing money and stuff at nutshells. And I am where I am today. And it, it's not, you know, something that um, I can retire from my day job yet. But I think one day in the future, you yeah. know, I'm going to be able to build this thing into something that'll be a retirement for me. Yeah, you're taking the steps. Yeah. So what all goes into creating and inventing a product? Well, um, now that I'm further along in the, the process and understand it, you kind of got to analyze what's the market for it first to make it like real. Because like, yeah. you can have an idea that you think is good, but if you're going to spend a hundred grand to make it and you're going to be able to sell $10 of it, it doesn't, make, doesn't yeah. make any sense. There has to be a market. So you have to go through market research. Well, I did it myself. I never hired anybody. Okay. Know, everything I did is myself. Um, it's just, it's got to make sense in the long run. Yeah. And, uh, everybody's biased about their own product and thinks that yeah. it's the best thing. It's so your baby. Your small circle of friends get, get, you know, uh, information from them. What, what do they think? And hopefully they're not the negative ones that, I was talking about. Yeah. Beginning, you know. Yeah, but they'll give you like an honest uh, like feedback. Yeah, uh, you know, I think I think if you're honest with yourself, and a lot of times at the beginning of becoming an inventor, or in my case, like you, uh, y yeah, you might be clouded and think it's great and throw a bunch of money into something and yeah, know, losing your ass and all that. Dude, like, so let's just say there, you know, you, you do the research, there is a market. Like, how do you go about creating, like, a prototype or, like, what was your process? So, um, I hired a bunch, you know, you hear that term, hire people that are smarter than you. And so, like, I just hired engineers and, like, different yeah. um, product manufacturers or um, engineers to start tinkering with it. And a lot of times they screw you out of your money and yeah. do a little bit of work for a lot of money. And that happened to me, like, three or four times. I, um, I fired some people and uh, hired some more and um, slowly got to where I wanted to do, you know, the, the product that I wanted to make. Um, you know, the whole process is kind of weird. Like I, I, I saw Matt Hughes, he, he got beat by George St. Pierre the second time, the second fight. And that is what spurred it all. Like he, he kicked Matt a couple of times with an inside leg kick and it slid up. It slid up and rode up. I remember yeah, that fight. And it dropped him a couple of times. And, you know, Matt was like my favorite fighter. So, um, it, um, sorry, you're good. Um, I was leaving the bar that night and, had, <laughs> you know, had a few drinks with me and it was, just, I was just pissed that he lost that way. Yeah. And, um, so it, it started making me think and I just went out and bought a bunch of, uh, competitors cups, you know, at the time I was kickboxing and, um, I just started analyzing them like there's got to be a better design that keeps, you know, like when an upkick happens, it like the way it wraps like it'll it'll protect from that, but also not be so wide at the base. 
to, you know, because cups, they pinch if they're too wide. Most, right, most yeah, like you need, you need space to move. Right, exactly. Right. And so, like, if you're doing a roundhouse kick, it needs to be allow your leg to, to you know, come over the cup without impeding movement. So that's where the initial idea was. And then it evolved. Um, I, uh, my wife's cousin's husband builds race cars, okay. and I went into his shop because my car needed some kind of repair done, and uh, it stunk really bad. And I'm like, what does that smell? And he showed me he was laying up race car bodies. Like he builds funny car bodies out of carbon fiber and Kevlar. So okay. I'm like, how do you do that? And that's how it started. So he showed me, um, you know, I'm like, the Kevlar, that's really cool. Like that's that's bulletproof. Right. You know? um, so he showed me, he showed me where to get it. And I started messing with it. And then I finally made like my first mold and uh, just just rough mold. Like took took clay and put it over a competitor's cup type type mold and just laid kevlar in there and uh popped it out and went in the backyard and shot it i'm like oh shit this is cool you know it'll it'll really stop a bullet holy shit and uh then you know the ideas started it was like the next layer came on and um uh so i'm like you know mma these guys are bulletproof you know like or or everybody thinks they are yeah so like this is the perfect little gimmick slash niche that i can you know yeah throw at it so the entire idea was was specifically geared towards it was just with the idea of just like making a better cut for mma yeah okay yep that's where it was yeah because you you were competing at the time yeah and not really competing but just training a lot training a lot yeah yeah and so you just you just saw the need like in your own world yeah yeah okay i've known a few guys that had their cups cracked you know from knees and yeah kicks right up the up the center so yeah um, most uh most products are made the cheapest way possible. Yeah. So, what was like the toughest cup out at the time? Like a steel cup? Could you get a, you could get a steel cup at that time, right? Yeah, but they're they're kind of like they're weird. You know, they're I've never used one. Yeah, they're weird with the the tie straps and uh, it's kind of uncomfortable. So they're more uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we were talking about Quentin O'Brien a little bit, and mm-hmm. like I went to Omaha with him one time. Yeah. And um, it was uh, I went up there to fight, and the, like so this is the next day, and he's training with somebody. And I think he ended up getting like he was either kicked or kneed in the in the nuts like two or three times in that training session. Oh well. Yeah, and he was just like, "Thank God for the steel cup." Yeah. But either way, it's like, shit, dude, you gotta protect your junk. Right. Yeah, dude. Oh, like for sure. those shots happen all for the sure. time. For sure. All the time. A lot of the baseball guys that um, you know the professionals that now wear it. There's a couple of them that have lost testicles from you know. Really. You know, six ounce baseball coming at a hundred. Yeah. 10 miles an Holy hour. Holy shit. Just obliteration. <laughs> wow. When I started wrestling, I had a coach tell me that, like, you don't want to wrestle on a cup because, like, if, like, a nut slips out or something. Yeah. I guess yeah. that would be, like, just, the like. clothes come out of the suitcase. Yeah. 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 Cut it off. Is that Um, I've, I've heard of that. I've heard yeah. of MMA guys. But um, so I kind of, I'm not going to say it's, like, foolproof, but I kind of designed a short that has a jack inside of, inside of a short. Yeah, okay. So it's, like. It holds everything together, and yeah. that's so that with that in mind, you know, it allow you to move, but at the same time hold everything tight. Yeah, I saw that you had those slider shorts. Yeah. So that's so like. So there's a yeah, there's a jack constructed in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's just an all around better design to help prevent something like that. I think so. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's some dangerous shit, dude. Yeah. So then, like now, you've just kind of it seems that like at least with armored shells in particular, like mm-hmm. you've you've expanded outside of even the combat sports market. Yeah. Yeah, well, actually, it's kind of funny. Um, so even even though I started with MMA in mind, yeah, um, 
I actually, my first design involved, um, I, I, I used Kevlar, but there was another material called Dyneema that I found out about. And um, so I incorporated that. So I, I know I said, uh, I, I f found out the, the Kevlar from the race car or whatever, but so he showed me that, but then I, um, I was doing this research, this is this better, more amazing material. So it's like twice as strong and half as, half as, uh, half the weight as Kevlar. So I, um, started researching about this and I, I bought a press and I bought, had this mold made and, um, I'm, mis I'm losing some parts here, but, uh, that's okay. um, so Dyneema is going to stop up to like a nine millimeter. So, um, this was a super high level cup, way higher than any sports or, you know, athlete need needed. So I, I realized like it drove the price up at first. So then I had to come back and like analyze like, well, what can I do? And I'm like, uh, you don't need this level of protection, like this high level, level two, you can back it off with level one. And so that's when I just started using Kevlar and carbon fiber okay. in the design. So both are actually bullet resistant, but, um, yeah, I, I, I started high and came back. So okay. to make it a little bit more feasible and a little bit more cost, uh, how do you get your hands on those materials? You can get it. Just, just or, like, order yeah. it. Like, yeah. it's amazing what's available. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So, okay, so then just for the listeners then, so you have you have two levels of mm -hmm. armored shells, right? I have actually three different levels of groin protection. So I have the level one, which is Kevlar and carbon fiber. And so it's ballistic-grade Kevlar and carbon fiber. And then uh, level two is Kevlar, carbon fiber, and Dyneema at the core. Uh, so Dyneema is an ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene. So it's like the stuff that they make trash bags for, or uh, grocery bags out of. Okay. But they change the molecular structure where it just stretches and it doesn't snap. Oh. So when you layer, um, you know, uh, zero and 90 degrees under pressure and heat, the the internal resin matrix allows it to bond. Oh, and that sounds like a weave. Yeah. Isn't that, yeah. that, does that strengthen it so then that yeah, way it, so the, it yeah. absorbs well, energy better? Or? That and, and you think of bullet resistance, you want as many um, cross sections as possible because that allows, like if a bullet hits it, it's not going to find its way through, you know, uh, okay. through the hole. That makes sense. Yep. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. How long did it take you to research all of this? A long freaking time, man. Um, like I, I forget that I know that learns stuff, you know, like how much that you've like you've learned over yeah. the years. Cause you yeah. say you started this in what, 2004? Well, 2006 or s 2006 was that fight. So I started okay. dabbling with it. The business didn't officially launch till like 2012 or 2013. Okay. Um, so it was all, um, so it's like, yeah, it's like six years of R and D. Mm -hmm. That's quite the, that's quite the length of time. Yeah. It was kind of weird just being unhappy with where I was in life. Just, throwing money at it thinking like this is going to be something you know yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's just what kept you going it was just like this is yeah. this is going to be the thing i've always i've always felt like you know it's it's silly to live a mediocre life yeah and like i f feel like i'm destined for something more and like no one's going to just give that to you so like right. i i thought hey i've come this far and i just keep driving towards it with, yeah. with the different products i have yeah, I relate to that feeling. It's it's like it's like I don't know what it is, but it's just like this over like overarching feeling of just like whatever 
like wherever I'm at right now, like it definitely isn't like the final place. And like, there's just so much more. Right. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. just, I just have this intense desire to like to build something great. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, if, if this is all it is, it's fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this existential angst I have all the time. It's like, okay. I mean, there's gotta be more. Yeah. Like you don't just wake up to go to work trading time for money i always say like my goal in life is to quit trading time for money yeah like not ultimately to have money to quit trading time for money i I just want to be able to do what the fuck i want so you can do what you want to do wake up and and it's not like sit on my ass and watch tv it's create more shit you know right that's where what's really neat to me to be able to have to do r&d and just create cool stuff right Yeah, yeah just just the ability to to pursue yeah like whatever it is you're passionate about and, yeah. and actually to create something that's actually a value yeah yeah i can definitely relate to that very much so i, I just need one win <laughs> like a, you yeah. know in a major way and then you could do that for the rest of your life yeah yeah it's like it's like once you're able to kind of get out of the rat race you can just stay ahead of it yeah yeah did you go to did you go to college um like not i took some classes yeah here and there you know so you're you're very just very much just like self-educated. Autodidact. Cause, yeah, because yeah, we because we mentioned like you love podcasting, right? Because yep. there's just there's a conversation for anything you have interest in. Man, um, I've evolved so much as a human being just listening to podcasts. Really, like you know, yeah. like I grew up with a circle of friends, and you know, there's plenty of good ones in that circle of friends, but you know, um, listening to the folks on these podcasts, it's just like opened my mind, and yeah, like, I'm not. I just don't think in this one dimensional way now, you know, it's like, you can't really label me either. Like I have so many different things and inputs coming in. It's like, I'm not, yeah, I'm just, you're like a complex human who's evolving. Right. Yeah, man. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Like I, it's like, I, I went, I went that whole like four year route and honestly, it's just like, you're just following just a blueprint of what people are telling you what to do, but they don't ever really teach you like how to learn. Yeah. I, di- I found, I didn't even learn how to learn until I was probably like 23. How old are you now? I'm 33. Okay. So I was actually working as an overnight security guard. I was just reading all the time, but whatever it was, something clicked and I learned how to learn. And um, like, there weren't really even podcasts at that time. And mm-hmm. I remember whenever I did discover podcasts, I'm like, holy shit, there's just, all this knowledge and like just all of these people who are just giving you all these different perspectives. And right. It was just a major shift. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. definitely one of the things that really drove me like towards doing something like this. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's, it's just amazing what you can do whenever you just put, put in the work. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't discredit, you know, your four year, um, because I, I think like the cups that I make, they're composites. I think life is a composite of things. Yeah. And I think it adds to it. Yeah. Like, you know, you go to, you go to school and you're like, this class doesn't mean shit. I'm never going to use it, but you don't even realize, you know, 10 years from now, that thing changed the way you think about maybe a little bit. And then you took another couple of classes that you couldn't have taken without that one. And eventually certain situations in life, like th- those things. Are yeah. Gonna, you know. I've definitely had that thought of where there's certain classes where I'm like, there's definitely some value in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my only point is that there's so many other ways to learn other than just that traditional model. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you could get on the internet now and learn almost anything if you're disciplined enough to, you know, I yeah. think that structure is what a lot of people hunger for in school, like yeah. being told what to do. But if you have the ambition yeah it's there for you oh it really is yep. yeah there's definitely a way to like make it happen dude mm-hmm. holy shit man so 
So now you're doing you're doing the uh, the doctor is it Doctor Dead Grip? Doctor Dead Right. Dead Right. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to fuck that up. No, you're fine. Doctor Dead Right. No, so um, like that's that's fucking. It's where did that come from? Because that's a super like I feel like that's such a simple concept. It is right, but it's no one's doing it. Yeah. Um. Uh. I've always I like lifting weights. Like that's the one thing that I can't subtract out of my 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 life you know that's that's the pill that i have to take to be right um so i've been doing that for a long time you know i've trained jujitsu and kickboxing and stuff like that but it's never in running you know like i I like running but you've always been an athlete yeah but i've never taken the weights out like that life doesn't work if i take that out yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, at least at least for me i got like body dysmorphic disorder i look in the mirror and don't think i'm oh my god look i'm too thin i'm dude you know i'm not big enough (laughs) strong you know (laughs) all these insecurities come up but anyway beside that's beside the point um i just i like doing deadlifts i've always been really good at it i've uh at 180 pounds back in you know 10 12 years ago i was doing 560 570 pound deadlifts oh shit dude. but i'd always you know the way my mechanics are like i'd always gouge up my shins and um it just makes it uncomfortable and i think like if you really want to focus on a deadlift um you know like uh routine a couple times a week would be good yeah and um you know gouging up your shins a couple times a week it kind of i mean it's no bueno yeah and you know people are like oh you fucking pussy like you know don't worry about bleeding on the bar it's like eh, yeah but whatever and so um i actually got staph infection um from rolling because i had open shin wounds Mm. from deadlifting and then got it had to get on antibiotics oh wow you know around antibiotics and it just jacked my gut up so it was just a bad you know whole situation that didn't need to it didn't need to happen yeah all because of deadlifting all because of deadlifting yeah you go do jiu-jitsu you yeah get, you get staff right yeah. you say it's pretty easy in a super yeah, yeah super common there's so many different bacteria living on the mats right yeah. and then you said it fucked up your gut like how yeah. long did it take you to recover from that uh a few months i guess yeah. i don't know i mean maybe maybe yeah. more but um it's just it's just not a good thing i don't like using antibiotics and I, yeah i just came up with it i um i bought some pipe and i duct taped it to the bar it sort of worked and i'm like you know that's so cool and with my connections or the not really connections the people i've learned and and know from making nutshells like i talked to my mold guy and we started messing with it yeah you already had i mean like kind of the pro- yeah you already went through the process before yeah it's way easier the second time yeah it really is <laughs> knowing, knowing the people knowing the the missteps not to take and yeah yeah once you've actually you know learned the hard way right yeah that's really the only way to like to learn though yeah i feel like i mean you can learn through theory and people can can try to like tell you how to do things but in practice yeah man like once you you actually have to go through the steps to really get that down for sure but uh dude that i think that's that's it's so simple but so clever did you try it i haven't tried it yet mike bought one i think he did yeah mike uh rogers bought one um he's a great guy and uh I think he gave it to someone to to use a trainer that trains out of that gym. I forget I don't his know. name. I don't know. Maybe Zach. Uh, Maybe he gave it to Zach. Zach yeah. has a gym now, though. Okay. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's I it mean, changes everything. So yeah, it's it's it, super clever, dude. With with um, you know, a lot of people they blow out their backs in deadlifting because of poor mechanics like the bars too far away you yeah know, like it just you know any any kind of job that you ever have that you're going to be lifting stuff they always sit you down and you watch a class of 
lift the box close to your body. Like same principles, you know, like you don't want to lift things far away. You want to bring it as close as possible. Like, so the levers work correctly. And, um, it's this simple. So like, if you're a new to deadlifting, I think this is a great teacher. You know, you, you roll the bar to your shins and yeah. now you, um, you pretty much just stand up, you know, yeah. with spinal extension, correct, you know? Right. And pull back. It gives you physical feedback, right? Cause, yeah. Because it's touching your shins. It's touching your shins. And as long as you, you know, like I said, have the proper back extension, and pull it up against your shins. I mean, there's a few cues that you'd want to work with someone if you have no clue what you're doing. Yeah, but if you don't know how to, like, hinge your hips or engage your lats or anything yes, like that. Yes, yeah. but this thing, I mean, it, it, it kind of tells you, like, Yep, you're doing it right. Yeah. Well, I was watching the video where you were deadlifting with it, and it looked like it just rolled super yeah. smoothly. Yeah. 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 Yep. Dude, yeah, that's that's a very clever one. Um, I, f I feel like there's been there's been several things where it's, and I feel like a lot of people have probably thought this, where they had, like, the idea for something like that. Yeah. Or and then they don't act. And then you just don't act, or, yeah. like, you just don't even know where to, to yeah. begin on how to. You to, need a Steve Kavitin. To yeah, Steve, that was the guy's name who helped yeah. you. No, the, 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 remember the original guy? The original guy at the gym? With yeah, the that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, 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 he helped you. With, yep. like, he was the inventor at the very the very beginning, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, man, a mentor would definitely help. Yep. I'll be anybody, Steve Kavitin, if they want. <laughs> like, you know, I've had a few people ask me questions. I'll tell you, you know. Yeah. I'll point you in the right direction. <sighs> Fuck, dude. You better be careful. Uh, offering that out there, do people start hitting you up and they want to take all your time for free? Yeah, well, I mean, you ever we'll, thought about doing consulting for something like we'll this? Schedule, I, you know, not really. I mean, that's another job. <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah, that's, that's true. The last thing I need is another job. Yeah. So I got my full time day job, and then um, nutshells, and then dead right on the side nights and weekends. So what are you doing full time? So I just actually um, left my old gig of thirteen years to. I'm a mortgage broker now. Okay. What made you want to make that transition? <laughs> the money. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so I was making, you know, 70 grand or whatever. At Met I used to work at Metropolitan Sewer District. Okay. Um, so I drove a robot camera through the sewers. Oh, that like, sounds so I interesting. Had, yeah, I had a van with a desk and all this stuff, and I had a crew that put the camera down in the sewer, and then I would I have over like a 1,000 foot of coaxial cable, and I'm able to drive through and just see the condition of the pipe. I know where I'm at you know the yeah. length and depth and all that stuff and so were you guys just surveying pipes to surveying pipes or like or the road or the road's caving in or something so we're like drive up and make sure it's not us we'll do a dye test and see if we get see the dye coming into our sewers and then and then i assign whatever remedy needs to happen there oh wow so it was a good gig and um you know i wasn't killing myself i, I mean i could have retired there it was consistent they never laid anybody off good medical and dental benefits but the thing was is like a friend of mine was making, you know, 50 grand a month at this new place. Oh, and I'm I like, can see. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it's all about work ethic. And if you want to put the time and the effort in, then you can make more money. And my oh. other job is like a union mentality. Well, it doesn't matter how hard you work. You're all the same. And oh. so it's kind of like just a bunch of factors went into me moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I'm almost, sometimes I, I, I think about, like, you ever follow Gary Vee? Um, 
he wears me out, but yeah, just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> just one of the things that he said, I, I don't know how long ago I heard it was, it was uh, like when you're an entrepreneur, like one of the best things you could do is like get a job that pays you the most and you just have to do the least, like the least amount of work, which that's what it's kind of been like. A th- I'm like, all right, well, you said you were there for 13 years. I'm like, damn, well, it was paying pretty well. Like you had it figured out. Like that it, would give it you, was. make it easier to pursue the other thing. Well, so that's where I was torn. And, um, you know, I was back and forth. So leaving a consistent thing, you know, who knows what the housing market's going to do. This is this new thing. I have to pass the NMLS test to deal. So what if I can't pass that? Which I did Right, recently. you just passed that, right? Congratulations. Thank you. I just passed that. But, you know, that was a super hard freaking test. Probably the hardest test I've ever taken. And um, so there was a lot of variables going in. Like, okay, what if, I, what if I fuck up my whole source of money and income that is allowing me to invent these things? Like slowly. Yeah. You know, I'm paying the bills and um so I just I just did it, man. There was like so the union at my old job front loaded all our vacation and sick leave this year. Like it was the first time that they ever did that. So I was sitting on, you know, a whole shitload of vacation and sick leave. My wife needed spinal surgery, so she had spinal surgery and I was off for three or four weeks taking care of her. At the same time I was studying for that test. So when I went there I was able to just boom knock it out. Knock it out. Pass yeah, it. Smart. Getting paid. I'm still getting paid. From the last job. From my last job right now for another, you know, three or four pay periods. So, like. Oh, you did it smart. Yeah, everything worked out good. Like, if I, all those variables wouldn't have been met, then I don't think I would have done it. I would have been chicken shit. Yeah. Because it's scary. I mean. Well, just a, a new job for anybody, whether you're you're running two other businesses or not, is just, there's just a learning curve, right? Like, yeah. going into the new environment, you got to learn all this new shit. Like, yeah. you got to. Figure it out. You know what? What's really interesting is, um, so I I went. I'll back up a little bit. So the the reason I started looking into this this mortgage deal is um, a friend of ours. It was his birthday, and one of his coworkers was at the birthday party, and and this gal said, "Oh yeah, I won a prize. This what like the drawing every like they started talking about this Friday drawing at their new work, and I, at, I'm like, drawing? You went prizes at work?" Like, we don't get prices. It yeah. was like, she won a freaking golf cart. Oh, like, shit. It was like a six or $7,000 golf cart. She didn't want it, so they gave her cash instead. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in the wrong thing. So then I went to work, and I just got, a like, a shitty detail, like, where I was working and the jobs I was getting. I don't know. just not not good. So my, my I was kind of pissed off. So then I talked to my buddy. I'm like, what does it take to do your job? And uh, he's like, just give me a resume. So that's where it all started. Um, I hadn't made a resume in 13 years. So I sat down with this resume builder thing. I spent a little, you know, 20 bucks or whatever this thing was because it helps you with how to make it and the, key, the words and it, right. it juices it up for you, right? Right. And um, I started putting down, like, all this stuff from Nutshells and all the stuff from Dead Right and, you know, like all the stuff that I've learned and it was making making me look way smarter than I was with <laughs> all the words. It was, you know, um, ju- like it literally was injecting steroids into my, into my, uh, <laughs> into my freaking uh, resume. And uh, I got done with that and I looked at it and I'm like, holy shit. Cause my wife's always like, you, you're a boss. Like you need to work where these, like, she's like, you know, more than these guys that come in. Cause she's a bartender that, you know, that come in from their jobs, you know, she picks their brains, but she's like, you, you could run all that shit. She's like, I don't know why you're not. And it was like a confidence thing. So I sat down and I did that resume and I, I looked at it and I'm like, holy shit. 
I've done some shit. Like I forgot yeah. what I've done and what I've learned and yeah. how, like, you know, this is what people that run shit do. can do. <laughs> like seeing it in black and white made it real. Yeah. Cause you've just been focusing on the work the whole time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I can see that happening for yeah. sure. Yeah, man. It's just so interesting that, um, like they're, they're like a guy like you, for example, like you've, you've been putting in all this, all like all this time, like self-educating and like making these connections and learning these processes. And like, even with, even with all of that, you're still like selling yourself short until you saw it in paper. Yeah. Oh, I, I, the wins are very short lived. Yeah. You know, it's always on to the next thing. And always. That's, that's, you really got to stop and smell the roses and appreciate. Like, I, I don't feel like a success. You know, like yeah. constantly looking around me, like you know, envy is the the th no, is it the green monster? The envy is the thief of joy, or something yeah, like that. Like if you is. look around it's at other people and you're comparing, you know, your level of success to theirs. But um, yeah, I mean, I've when I sit down, I've done a lot. I've created some things. I've got like three or four patents and trademarks, and um, um, been on some TV shows and you know, some cool stuff. Lots, you know, a lot of influential people use my product in, in the sport world but i don't think about that every day I, you know you get down on yourself and it's like yeah like you said you do in the daily work you kind of forget about all that yeah yeah it's it's like a blessing and a curse it oh my god i use that all the time like it's the thing that drives me but it's also the thing that makes me miserable yeah um, yeah you know? i'm very similar to that like i don't celebrate wins it's like, and I don't know, I always just attributed it to, like, playing sports growing up. I had a coach that always said, um, like, you don't celebrate when you win because if you do the things you're supposed to do, you just expect it. Yeah. So it's like when you win, it's like, all right, cool, like, I, I, I'm supposed to win. But then when you do lose, it's just like, oh, fuck, you hate yourself forever. And then yeah. you always feel like you're not doing good enough anyway. It's, it's a very vicious cycle. It is. Um, you know, I question, am I ever going to be happy? You know, like, I, I envy the guy that, just sits and smokes weed and plays video games all day because he's never pushed himself so he's content with where he is i mean he's probably inside eat, you like know dying. eating alive but i look at that and i'm like oh that just looks amazing because i can't sit still like i gotta keep going i gotta act on my ideas i'm yeah. fucking constantly broke because i'm constantly putting all my money into the things that i think in my head you know? yeah like <laughs> <laughs> so so if 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 somebody wanted to start create an invention and I'm, I'm, this is like a pretty blanket statement. Mm -hmm. Well, well, lots. There, obviously, there are a lot of different variables. But if 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 they really wanted to go down that path, like, how much money is it going to take? You think? Mm. To, to, to yeah, it just depends on what kind prototype. of idea. So, and that, and again, um, a lot of times you can go to the hardware store and just walk around Home Depot or Lowe's, and and depending on what what kind of idea it is, and yeah. kind of piece some shit together. Right. For me, like it's it's like layers once i get one prototype done that allows me to see the next dimension of where it could be right. like i i'm not a lot of times i don't see it from the beginning to the end like i create the first iteration and then it allows me to like further like i forget about that and now i'm evolving the rest of it like okay this works now i'm adding to it until it becomes the right. full the full deal you know, like okay. I don't, I don't sit down and know exactly from the beginning to the end what exactly everything's going to be. You kind of got to like test things. Right, right. Like you start with like this, this very basic 
model, which was like maybe the original idea, and then you just start refining from there and adding yeah. to it and, and yeah. improving it until yeah. you finally get to that final yeah. place. Yeah. So like, let's just say like dead right. You know, when I said, oh, I just went out and bought some pipe and I cut it and I taped it to the thing. And like, yep, it rolls. Yeah, but it'd be nice to have some cushions. So then I I bought some foam and then I taped the foam to it and. Yeah, I but I like them wider. I, I want them a little bit wider. But they don't, they don't, they don't uh, stay still. Like they go to the left or the right. Okay, so I need to figure out how to, you know, keep it from moving left and right. And so it's just a process. Yeah. Of like, thinking all the things that could go wrong, and then trying to solve that. Yeah, solve the problems as you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Kind of like an engineering, first principle type, way of looking at things. Like, you know solve that and then move on to the next thing right yeah you know, and, th and then you have the big picture eventually just one problem at a time mm -hmm. damn dude damn have you ever th like you, you you have you are like i'm sitting here talking to you and you're obviously like a very intelligent guy and like you it seems like you you you've approach things like systematically and have you always been that way like you weren't like were you did you grow up like were you a good student no you weren't really i was a shithead i was a shithead and uh <laughs> if i wouldn't have like a uh yeah I'm surprised I didn't go to fucking prison. Um, I was a bad kid, always getting into shit, getting into fights, robbing, cheating, stealing, you know? I yeah. Went to, I went to Catholic high school, too, so it's like, <laughs> like I'm not the uh, stereotypical. I mean, maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, I'm not Catholic, but um, anyway. <laughs> That's funny. And you're from, you're from St. Louis area, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like, so you grew up just a fucking rowdy-ass kid. Yeah, just no good, you know, um, uh, you playing sports or anything? I mean, you mentioned how like you know lifting has been a big part of your life for a long time. You know that I, that was all myself too. Like um, I would, my mom would take me to Schnucks or whatever, you know, whatever store it was, Kroger's back then, and yeah. and I'd be like, I'm gonna go to the magazine now, and I would always look at like the bodybuilding magazines. Yeah. And so like I took it upon myself and like, hey, can I have some weights? And I I remember my first little workout setup. I had like milk crates and and some concrete weights on yeah the those bar. concrete weights yeah and i yeah. just did my stuff and i read the magazine and it showed me how to do it yeah and, I, and then you know that uh that's a blessing and a curse too like it kept me in shape but then like it's the pill that i have to take yeah, yeah. otherwise insecurity creeps in it's not a bad one to take dude i mean we're it's talking longevity that's what you right. want, that's what you want to be doing yeah picking up heavy shit yeah yeah. yeah correctly yeah correctly yeah. correctly it's man i just cringe when i go to like a Ooh. lot of local gyms and you just see these dudes a lot of these young dudes in particular where they just want to put up so much weight and it's just the worst form ever and the old me would want to go and critique them the new me i'm just like it's not your place Jeremiah. it's not your place they they didn't ask so i just walk by but you can only do so much. Yep. You can only do so much, dude. Like, even like I used to be a personal trainer at the 24-hour fitness. Mm -hmm. Like, even whenever you work there, people don't want you to like come up and correct their shit. Like, yeah. people are just like, "No, I'm good." What's well, that? Yeah, like it's an insecurity thing as well. Like yeah. you, I was just I made a Facebook post about this the other day. Um, a really good book is Carol Dweck's Mindsets, mm. and like so, when you have the growth mindset, you're open to you know, suggestions and people critiquing you or whatever. But when you have the fixed mindset, you, you're, you're acting like you're the superior being. So really, but you're taking yourself out of the situations that you aren't superior. So you aren't subjecting yourself to the things that would make you grow by being vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Changed my fucking life, man. 
Yeah, that's fascinating. It seems like that, that would probably equate to like being a very ego-driven person. Yeah. I mean, in martial arts, think about that. Like if you go in there and think you know everything and every time the, the guy that's better than you tries to tell you and you, you're offended by that and you're like, eh, whatever, and yeah. you just go harder instead of learning, slowing down and learning the technique. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get fucked up real quick. There's like immediate feedback. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's easy to avoid that stuff in life and not get the feedback. Yeah. And then just live in this delusion perception yeah. is reality man yeah it's so crazy yeah um but yeah man just terrible terrible form in the gym tons and tons of people like getting injured yeah. um did you ever like compete in powerlifting or anything like that i did one powerlifting competition and i fucked up the, um, the bench like i didn't bring it down i brought mm -hmm. it down and then blasted it off and you're supposed to do the pause or whatever okay. I, don't know. I wasn't too serious about it okay. I, I don't know i don't um i don't really like performing for other people. He doesn't say. It doesn't seem like you've done a whole lot of like, mm. like you don't have like the drive to like compete in that way. No, no. When I when I did, um, you know, um, I did like one jujitsu tournament um, and kickboxing. I never, I never fought in the ring. I, I've sparred plenty, and that okay. was that was plenty of feedback. You okay. Know? But you I just don't like to challenge yourself. I like the challenge, but I never like. I'm doing too many things. Like I, I'm not gonna go in the ring, and and have an excuse why I lost when I'm done. Like. If if I'm going to train for a fight, there's no way I'm going to lose because I've did everything I possibly can, and I don't have the time to do that. So therefore, I'm not going to go in the ring. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you a are able to have an excuse why you lost because oh I didn't do this or didn't do that, well that's your fucking fault. Right. You should have put in the work, and right. I can't do that. I don't have the time. Yeah. Um, so you're just like honestly assessing the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So you just like to just push yourself and test yourself and just. Yeah grow yeah constantly yeah yeah i can see that so um are you sorry are you an avid reader then now or so more more audiobooks now than than actual sitting down um i crave turning pages like i like my favorite thing is you know which me and my wife need to get onto a vacation but like going to the beach and having like two or three books and just yeah sitting out there turning pages and just like but so much going on and with the job constraints and stuff. Yeah. Like, so, um, I'm not listening to the MP4 about passing that test. So I'm done with that. So now I can start, you know, digesting more content that I actually enjoy. So, um, uh, audible and you know, these other audio books, I, I listen to it in audio form. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Audio books are really good. They're um, decent. It's not the same, but it's, it's something. Yeah. I mean, I prefer physical books. Like there's just mm. something about like having a physical yeah. book that I just really enjoy. Well, you're, 100% tuned in. Yes. You know, like if you're turning the pages, like you're not able to do other things. You're turning the pages. When I'm driving, like I'm doing other things. When I'm downstairs working, you know, in my right. shop, making nutshells or doing whatever, I'm listening, but I'm doing something else. So it's not 100% focus on the material. Right, right. Know? And there's something about like when you're reading the words, like you're you're creating images in your mind. So there's like this other process that's also yeah. going on, which I think will help like, it helps you encode and learn. Yeah. So at least for me, I get a, a, a bigger benefit out of that, but I do enjoy audiobooks. I'm listening to a book right now called um, uh, Black Rednecks, White Liberals by, right. by Thomas Sewell. Oh, yeah, Thomas Sewell. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty. Yeah, he's a prolific thinker for sure, man. Yeah. Like, he comes with, like, just a lot of different perspectives. Like, there's different, there's, there's. He's a, Harvard, right? I'm, I'm not really sure, sure on his whole background. It's just from what I can tell from, like, listening to his books, like, it's, mm -hmm. he's fucking an interesting thinker for sure. Mm -hmm. um, just a lot of different concepts that I've never really thought about. Um, hmm. It's it's just good to, to get those perspectives, I right. think. But um, probably my favorite audio book. Have you listened to uh, Can't Hurt Me by yeah. David Goggins? Yeah. 
like man, if there's an audio book, like that's probably the best one in my opinion. Yeah, it's him and that Jesse. Yeah, it Jesse, Jesse Itzler, Itzler or whatever. Right. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I was listening to that when I was actually, I was gonna, I had a goal of training to, uh, to to run. I wanted to qualify for the Boston Marathon. Okay. You know, so you gotta you gotta get a three ten in a regular marathon to qualify for it. I didn't want to just do the, you can get and go run the Boston marathon, but I actually wanted to qualify, right. like not by a charity thing or whatever. So I had a few audiobooks, and that was one of them that, that kept me pretty motivated. Yeah. 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 I like the conversations that, that David yeah. and Jesse had after each chapter, which is kind of yeah. why I, I, from an audiobook perspective, it's just super unique. He's a character, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, are there, do you have like any other guys that, or do you have people that you kind of turn to for like motivation or inspiration or um, knowledge or like no? Like I mean, um, you know, from from the beginning, like when I first started Nutshells, it was like uh, Tony Robbins or whatever. Like I would just go on YouTube and type in motivation and just go through whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, you said Gary V. Gary V was okay, but he wears me. He exhausts me. Half the time, I don't even know what the hell he's saying. <laughs> like, he's like almost psychotic with, you know. He's like, very neurotic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that didn't even make any sense to me. I don't, I wonder if anybody around me understood what he was just saying. Dude, one time he said you should put out like 20 pieces of content a day. I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, that's just too much. Who can do that? Who has time for that? Yeah. 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 Um, um, no, I mean, I... You just you just kind of just gather it from yeah whatever whatever wherever, yeah, yeah whatever little morsel is laid in front of me like I um I don't listen to too much just like motivation stuff now I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan I listen to a lot of um, yeah um who's who's the other podcast well, it doesn't have to be motivation or anything just yeah like any sources of yeah I mean Joe Rogan's my go-to yeah you know like um he's a cool dude um hold on a second yeah it's um. I would say he's my number one, and then uh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. Tim yeah. Ferriss is fucking amazing. Like yeah. super smart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like one of the best question askers I've ever heard. Yeah, his style of interview is very unique. I like like I, I like the contrast of him and Rogan because like I kind of my style is kind of a little bit more like Rogan's like very conversational, mm -hmm. but like Tim is very like he's very methodical in the way in which yeah. he asks things. Yeah, I I would be more intimidated to go on the Tim Ferriss podcast than Joe Rogan. You think so? Oh, for sure. Just because, like, the brain of Tim Ferriss, like, I feel like I am not worthy. <laughs> you know, Joe, I think I could bullshit. And, like, he, I mean, he's a comedian. Like, he, he's around all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, another one, Rich Roll. You ever heard of him? Rich Roll? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one, too. But, I mean, tons of them. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't deviate that often from those few though i only have so many hours in the day dude there are only so many hours in the day i actually found like once i start doing something i actually consume it less so for example like when i started like really fighting all the time i didn't watch as, yeah, yeah i didn't watch as much fighting or even like podcasting now i don't i don't have as much time yeah to listen to there's just too many fucking hours yeah too many hours yeah especially with joe because he'll have like it just has three or four hour podcast well that and he'll just have some such a diverse amount of people mm -hmm. and i don't want to listen to like maybe all the comedians or whatnot yeah oh dude i so i think life is so serious and um that's one of my favorite things to listen to is the comedians so really? I, I started half the comedian like i it's i've been to so many comedians 
since starting listening to Joe Rogan, and it's because I heard them on there, and I'm like, that's a cool motherfucker. Like, yeah. God damn, they're funny. Yeah. Like, and we would go, me and the wife would go, we'd get tickets, and that's like our thing now. Like, oh, we yeah. Love you go to the Helium? We go to the Helium, we go to, you know. The Funny Bones, the fun downtown, mo- Mostly like the bigger shows. Okay. Um, not, a, I mean, we, we probably should go to some of the smaller ones. I oh, mean, yeah. now it's only smaller shows because they're not doing the big ones, but like the. Yeah. But when they're down, like, the Stifle or something like yeah. that, or, yep. yeah, you go to those. Yep. Dude, I love comedy so much. Yep. It's so, f- well, probably one of my favorite co- comedians right now doing is Andrew Schultz. Yeah, he's great. He's that so one, that new one um, on Netflix. Yeah, that yeah. That's good. Dude, he's just so funny. The, yeah. the clips he puts out on, on his Instagram, even, yeah. he's just, man, he's doing it right right now, for sure. He definitely transitioned really well during this time. I, I wish I could do that. Do comedy? Yeah, that'd be a cool gig. Yeah, it'd be fun. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm funny, but I'm not that funny. <laughs> yeah, no. And like he says, it takes it takes a long time to to get good, and I don't know if I'd be able to hang in that long. He's got to be willing to suck. Yeah, and that's horrible. It sucks. It yeah. sucks to suck. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> you always suck in the beginning, dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I like listening to comedians in the sense of like a lot of them have very like diverse backgrounds mm-hmm. and they have very like unique perspectives. Mm-hmm. But like whenever I'm listening to Rogan, I'm usually like, like, all right, well, who's like, who's, I, I try to listen to like the smartest people he has on there yeah. as of late, just if I'm like cherry picking, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, tons of good guests on there, dude. Yeah. That's definitely been a big inspiration for like this show. Whenever people will ask me like, who do you sit down with? Or like, what type of people do you talk to? I'm just like, I just try to talk to interesting people. Like who's actually doing something. Right. I don't want to pigeonhole myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Think, I don't think anybody ever wants to be like that, that person who's just like stuck in a pigeonhole. But right. Maybe some people are happy with it. No, that's cool. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be cool to have a podcast. I don't think I could though. Yeah, why, why is that? I mean, too many irons in the fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got a lot going I don't, on just building two businesses. Yeah. I don't know if I'd have enough questions. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'd be like, uh, you know, um, but it's cool. It's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. You so you said you've done some TV shows too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got shot in my cup. You've seen that video, right? Yeah. So yeah, the CEO you're, takes a bullet. You're a brave man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, so I did that, and uh, I got a call or an email from. Um, actually, I I did I had three TV shows. I had. Uh, um, let's go back to the first one. The first one, Discovery Channel, was in town. And they were at the like Rala, um, and they the first story of me. I don't think I even got shot. It was me shooting the cup or whatever, and they wanted to come and and do something. And I'm like, okay. So they came the next day, and we filmed for like 12 hours in my backyard. Oh wow! Like, and it it was reduced down to like six or seven minutes. It's like, man, it's exhausting. Um, So that was uh, the Daily Planet, and it was uh, on nutshells. And then so I got shot. I did that video where I got shot and um, I got a phone call from um, To Tell the Truth. So it was an old show that used to be on back in the 50s and then they reintroduced that, or 50s and 60s or whatever. And Betty White was constantly on it. Like oh. it was the show that she was on. So, you know that old uh, um, Eminem song, Will the Real Slim Shady Please Stand Up? Yeah. That is taken from that show. So. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. So... I'm the real Jeremiah Raber, and I, I got brought down to the show, and there's two actors that I sat with for a couple of days, and they just picked my brain, and we chatted and talked, and they learned about me and my company and all that stuff. 
So then we go on, and then there's a celebrity panel. Anthony Anderson was the host. Oh. And uh, Jalen Rose, Damon John, NeNe Leakes, and Betty White <laughs> were the celebrity guests. And so they're asking us three questions, trying to figure out who the real Jeremiah Raber is. Oh, wow. My only job was to tell the truth. So I can't lie. They're trying to convince. So they're like, you know, just spilling like going above and beyond trying to convince and i'm just like (laughs) telling the truth very vague you know just but not not lying right and uh they didn't guess me and then at the end they say well the real jeremiah please stand up oh i stood up and that's funny it's pretty neat it was pretty neat they you know it was out at uh studio city in los angeles they put me up for a few days and yeah gave me a couple grand and it was just it was a neat you know, fun. That's a neat ass experience, dude. It was really cool. You got to meet Betty White. You got to talk to her. No, no. So I got to meet her. You know, she asked me a question on the show. Yeah. But uh, no, she had handlers back then. She was like ninety four. I think she's almost a hundred now. Yeah, she's old as shit. Yeah, she was frail back then. They're yeah. keeping people away from. Oh, I, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. But um, and then I was on a show. Me and when I had a business partner, um, on a show called West Texas Investors Club. Hmm. So it's this. Imagine like a hillbilly shark tank. So it was these two oil tycoons from Texas, okay? And uh, one of them is Rooster McConaughey. So it's actually Matthew McConaughey's older brother. And then this guy, um, Butch. Both of them made hundreds of millions of dollars in the oil pipeline business in Texas. And so you go there and they put your product through the ringer. So like they shot it. They had a baseball pitching machine. They actually brought an explosive ordnance technician and then blew a fucking mannequin sky high. Of course the cup didn't survive. I mean, you got two pounds of high explosives strapped to its crotch. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, but, but it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was cool. Cause it survived all the tests except that one. I mean, two, two nutshells, uh, you know, like it, the mannequin was gone. So like, right. Nothing. It doesn't even matter. If the stick's still there, it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) but yeah, we did that. And then, and then you, at the end of the show, it was over a few days. Like you go in there and you, you sit on a barrel in front of them and they're, they're, they got paper plates and that's how they're, they're sketching their, their, their numbers out. Mm. Drinking Miller light (laughs) while you're pitching to them. Like, Hey, you want another beer? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that was cool. Um, we did a deal. You know, when when you we were at a point that we just wanted money, like just a little bit of an injection of money so we can get to the next scale. And then you're locked in with those investors that have, you know, like have an interest in growing your company. So we did right. a sh- handshake deal. It was like 125 grand for, I was going to give away 30% of my company, which is a lot. Yes. But it was like, you know what? Like, this is what we got to do. Do what you got to do. And so we did it. And um, they were supposed to uh, get re-upped for the next season and they ended up not hmm. so we only got like thirty thousand dollars of inst- an installment which helped us do some things but uh never never the rest here's the kicker though like I've, i was recently talking to some investors that were interested and they're like well you got this over your head we're not going to invest because they can come back even though you don't have any papers laying it out they could come back and say well you owe us because oh. we've had a stake in the company. So I reached out to Rooster, so Matt, Matthew, Matthew's bro- older brother, and uh, I'm like, I can't get any investor. Like, you kind of you kind of screwed me, man. Like, you know, <laughs> help me out. Yeah. And they wrote it off, man. Oh, they nice. Said if you said, you know, if you make a ton of money, then pay us back. Oh, that's but, cool. Yeah, we got it in paper. I got it in paper. Yeah, well, that's good. How long ago was that? 
last year. Oh, so that was very recent. Last year I got that on paper. Oh. Um, it was a few years back for the show. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that, that was probably something that uh, would deter quite a few investors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like this unknown entity who could just come back yeah. in out of nowhere. Yeah, and it, and even if even if you know the new investor that put money in and we built it, like it's still we could win, but we still it's a court battle that you have to fuck with, and right. no one wants to do that. Yeah, have you thought about going on like the actual Shark Tank? Mm, yeah, is that um, even appealing to you? So the whole reason I got a business partner in the first place is because I got accepted to Shark Tank. So I put in my packet. I got a phone call. I remember. I remember. Um, I remember it was St. Right over by St. John's High School in the city. Like I was working at MSD. I was on this side street and I got a fucking phone call saying, Hey, Jeremiah, and this is Sarah Knight from Shark Tank. And I'm like, yeah, you know, how fucking pumped were you? Yeah, dude? I was so pumped. And I'm <laughs> like, you know, I'm the inventor guy. I've learned that part of the business, but I wasn't the business guy. Yet. Oh, so yeah. that, and I knew a guy and, uh, that was, and he was an honest dude that I trusted so I um, I reached out to him and said, hey, man, you want to partner with me? Because he was kind of fascinated with what I've done so far. And uh, he's like, hell yeah. So we prepared for six months. Like every other week we were submitting videos to them to show like our pitch. Like they would say, well, why don't you do this and do that? Like we were working with two producers. Oh, so they kind of help you mold your pitch? They The producers do. You don't ever meet the sharks until you get there. Right, yeah. right. So they helped me mold my pitch. And we put so much work into it. And it was like... Uh, we had the, the tickets. We were supposed to fly out on a, on a Friday or Saturday, excuse me, Saturday or no, we were supposed to fly out on a Sunday. We got a phone call on a Thursday or Friday. It was a group call between me and my business partner, Matt, and then the producers. And they, they said, uh, we're going to have to cut you. Oh, fuck. Because we, you know, everybody, like we usually have alternates and you guys are the alternate and usually people wash out, but no one washed out. So, Oh, wow. You guys got dropped. Yeah. So, so like, that was my break. But I think I think it was for good because um, I wasn't I wasn't ready to be a super success yet. <laughs> you know, like... It just wasn't the right time yet. Well, my brain was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on Shark Tank. Then I'm going to buy a fucking Lamborghini. Oh. You know, like... Yeah. No, dude, that's, that's the cart before the horse. Right. Like, you're thinking about the wrong stuff. Right. And so, like, I, I kind of think that's how life is. If Once you're ready for it, it'll be presented. And I wasn't yet. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Or at least that's how I'm trying to justify hey, it. Hey, man. What, f- what, keep my, myself yeah, sane. Yeah, whatever helps you sleep at night, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, shit. So, I, have you thought about maybe... Doing it again? Yeah, with Doctor um, Dead, right? Or I actually, yeah, I thought. I, I don't even know if the show's still on, though. I don't. I don't know either, to be honest with you. I think it is, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't honest. even know if anybody watches TV anymore. Dude, I listen. Whatever. <laughs> like um, regular TV. What 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 network is that on? Like CBS or ABC or some shit. Listen, anytime I'm in a hotel, I'm watching fucking Shark Tank. Shark Tank's cool, dude. It's my shit. Yeah. I think it's on Hulu, but I don't know. Yeah, I couldn't I tell watch, you. I don't watch enough TV to. Um, but I do enjoy the show. I think it would be neat. I don't. I don't know. Um, more so just to get get on the show. Not not just really the exposure. To, yeah, not to get an investor, but to get that Shark Tank effect, just like the Oprah effect. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get the Joe Rogan effect. You know? For real, that'd be cool to go on there and. Yeah, man. I have a, I had a buddy, um, or have a buddy. He um, he was involved with a small business out in L.A. and like they would talk about like their product was mentioned on Rogan like once or twice, mm-hmm. and like I guess they called him like a kingmaker because it's like the Joe Rogan effect, right? Like he mentions your shit, dude, and right. people are gonna order for yeah. sure. Yeah. 
What was the product? Um, so he was involved with a company called Jumbo Superfoods. This is a okay. CBD product. Okay. Um, I absolutely love their Muscle Bomb. It's just like uh, they have a couple different strengths, but you know, for sore joints and muscles and different things. Mm-hmm. And um, I absolutely love it. But there was a time where he did mention Jumbo's. Like they have THC products as well that you can get in California. I think they sent him some sprays, and he like used them on the show and on the air and whatnot, but I don't think he's actually mentioned them. I think he has some other deals. Dude, I had, so I've, I went to, um, Joey Diaz. Okay. And I, uh, and Joey started, said he was training jujitsu. Yeah. You know, so I packaged up a couple cups, one for him and one for Joe. <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the show, went up and introduced myself cause they gave it to him at the beginning or whatever. So he had it in the back and we were chatting He's like, yeah, you know, that cocksucker is always talking about the cups, on, you know, because Joe is always talking about Diamond MMA or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, like, that's all I need, you know. Yeah. And, and it was fucked up because so I was listening to the podcast. It was Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz and Tom Segura. And Tom Segura, not short, shortly into the show, was like, I always hate it when people give me, you know, stuff to give to you, Joe. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joey Diaz is like, you know, I only had it one time. It was that, you know, the fucking cups, you know, and he's like, you know, I gave you that cup. I gave the, you know, I gave the other one to my, my jujitsu trainer and, and Joe never, he just kept quiet. And I'm like, come on, this is the time, Joe. Just say how badass fucking nutshells this. Never said it. So here's another fucked up story. So, um, I did a little investigative things. Uh, Joe recently moved to Austin, to Austin, Texas. And there was an article, um, that said, He's moving into this architect's house that designed this fucking house. So I did a little search and, and found where the fucking house was <laughs> and got the address and sent dead right out there because he posted something on Instagram where he gashed up his shins doing deadlifts. Yeah. So I sent it to him. And uh, yesterday I was listening to Michael Malice was on and Michael Malice was talking about deadlifting. And they got into a conversation about gouging up your shins. And I was like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Maybe it hasn't opened it yet. Never. Uh, it's, it's been a few months. Yeah, I mean, maybe he didn't even get it. Maybe he gets so much shit that he just threw it out. But I'm sure he gets a ton of fucking mail. Yeah. But, you know, like he always talks about, I love, you know, the handmade, American-made stuff, you know, creative people. It's like, come on, dude, give me a shot. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, how do we got to get this in? Give me a shot. This isn't huge factory made. This is a little, little guy. Yeah, that's that's truly, like, American-made, small business, right. handcrafted, like, yeah, all the shit that he says he likes. Dude, that'd be a game changer, bro. It would. Yeah, yeah. It'll happen. It'll right. definitely happen. I feel like he. I feel like he's, he's an accessible guy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's just a part of his image. He's, yeah. He seems well, more accessible than he is. You know, we went to, um, so I went to one of his comedy shows. It was Andrew Santino as the opener. It was fucking hilarious. And then Joe Rogan came out. And it it was kind of, it was kind of, man, it kind of changed the way I looked at him for a second. He came out and there was a guy. Trying to give him something? I was there. You were there. And he cussed him out, dude. He's like, sit the fuck down. All yeah. these people paid for fucking, fuck you. Like, it, fuck it, them, right? Uh, like, And I'm just like. He's like, no, bitch. Sit yeah, the fuck down. 30 minutes. Because in my head, I was thinking, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that brought something to him, you know, at a show. And, yeah. and and then, like, I idolize you. Or I, you know, I look up to you like you're the shit. And I, I spent $200 for me and, you know, to go. And then you 
cuss him out. Like I, I put myself in that guy's shoe. And seriously, for 30 minutes, I didn't laugh into Joe's set. And finally, I fucking let go. And yeah. like I let the last uh, part of the show, like, yeah, you know, influence me and laugh a little bit. But at first, I was so traumatized by the way Joe just treated that dude. Like it was like completely opposite of who I thought he was. Yeah. So I don't know. You never know who you know your heroes are. Yeah. Really, who don't you. don't meet your heroes. They're just humans. I don't think he was mean to that guy in that situation. To be honest with you, though, really? in my opinion, well, just from I try to put myself in the in the in the place of somebody who's like, all right, I'm I'm a comedian. Like this is a big ass venue. I have all these people here to see me. Like, or even if it's a small venue, it's just the helium or something. Like I'm trying to put on a show, and you're interrupting my yeah. show right now. Well, and how many t- and yeah. also if you scale that yeah. how many fucking cities or how many shows do you yeah. do and then somebody does that to you eventually yeah. it's going to get fucking annoying yeah <laughs> well i mean but joe you wouldn't be joe if it wasn't for those people that you know tuned in and paid yeah. money to go to your shit and yeah so i don't know I, yeah I, I maybe it's because you called him a bitch it wasn't nice words. No, it was not a nice way to. But I, don't, I just it wasn't the mean tone. It seemed like it was a kid too. It was probably a guy who was like twenty or something like that, twenty twenty five. What it seemed like, what I could tell. Yeah. But I could see how that could rub you the wrong way, though. Yeah. I get both. Perspectives. I mean, I stopped. I stopped. I didn't stop listening to him. Yeah. But I get both perspectives, time. though. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, dude, this is my fucking shot. When else am I going to have the opportunity to try to talk to this person? Yeah. Or hand him something. Yeah. It's like, fuck, man, you got to take it. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. That Andrew Santino set before so that one. So fucking funny. Bro, when he yeah. was talking about The Rock, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I lost air yeah. like laughing. Yeah. Way f- he was way funnier than Joe. <laughs> he was way funnier than yeah. Joe. I was actually kind of disappointed in that set by Joe personally. Yeah. It was almost just like if you've listened to enough of his his podcast, mm-hmm. then it was that stand-up. Yeah. It wasn't. Well, I think uh, so that was his birthday. Yeah. That night was his birthday. Yeah. He came out and we were up here, but I could see like he could barely fucking keep his eyes open. He was so fucking was high. Was he fucked up? He was so fucking high. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. That probably detracted a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was also like, it was like towards the end of his tour after he had already dropped the special. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just feel like it was like the perfect storm for like not a very good show. I was actually right. mad at myself because. For what? For paying for the tickets and, well, and the show, that, yeah. yeah, I hate that. Well, because I went to that show, and whenever I was in LA, I didn't go to uh, like it was like Joe Rogan and friends, and it was just like all these fucking headliners, and I could have spent twenty bucks. Mm. And I was like, ah, oh, man, like for whatever reason, I just didn't go while I was there. I was like, oh well, I'll 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 come next time I'm out here. And then that was never a thing ever mm-hmm. again. Like you can never go to the comedy show and experience that yeah. ever again because yeah. well. He's he's gonna be doing that in Austin. Yeah, he's gonna. I think he's gonna open up a comedy show in Austin. But like, yeah. like that that time yeah. in L.A. with all those headliners. We, me and for the wife, twenty bucks. Yeah, me and the wife were talking about how it'd be cool to fly out there and go to the comedy store, or whatever. In I mean, Austin and again, or yeah, in no, LA. the comedy store in LA, in LA. Yeah, like I never knew anything about comedy until I started listening to it. That's another thing. Like that's how podcasts have changed my life. Like it's opened my eyes to so many. Yeah. So many things. It'd be cool to go out there, like to travel to go see all these just fucking dude. Killers. Yeah, like, all these people. If they came here to St. Louis, mm-hmm. like alone, you're gonna be probably paying thirty. Oh yeah, thirty five, forty bucks no. for a show. Shit, that's just for the the processing. Yeah, of, like it's through fucking... Metro Texas, thirty bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, but you could spend twenty bucks and see all of them. Yeah, probably for like a fifteen minute set, but like it'd be cool because like that's all the new material typically. Right. Like they're working shit out. Yeah. It would have been cool. I'm kind of mad at myself for not taking advantage of that experience. So yeah. 
I want, I'm all about experiences, man. Like we, experiences yeah. over shit for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, experience over things. Yeah. Yep. I've I've changed into that too, man. The older I get. Yeah, yeah. You just learn what's what's really matter, like what matters, right? For sure, dude. But right. um, have you ever thought about living anywhere else other than here? I um, you mean like Missouri or yeah, other than Missouri. And, and, you know, I I I thought about it just now because we're talking about Rogan and Austin, mm-hmm. and I always tell people like. If I didn't, if I didn't have kids, like uh, I'm separated from their mom, we're divorced, mm-hmm. so like I split time. Mm-hmm. If like if my kids weren't here, mm-hmm. and like if I didn't have kids, I'd live in Austin, Texas. Yeah, I absolutely love that city. Before Rogan even moved there, like it's my favorite fucking city. I've never been there. I've heard it's cool. Um, yeah, I mean I'm not tied to St. Louis. I don't. Yeah. I mean family, yes, like like you, but um, I'm open. I mean it's a lot with everything I've got going to right. just up and move oh, but for sure. like if finances were not an issue like and i was up for some change i'd be down for it yeah. i mean maybe not even america you know yeah like fucking world's big it's a big place yeah it'd be really neat to just be able to travel all the time too yeah you know until it wasn't <laughs> yeah i don't know man um stay a couple months in each little thing and just immerse yourself in the culture of yeah yeah like that's one of the things that tim ferris talks about like when I, or maybe because he talks about like traveling and vagabonding and shit yeah. and and just kind of like being in the culture yeah um have you read vagabonding Mm-mm. it's a pretty good book it's, it's, it's just true is that um who wrote vagabonding i think i have that maybe it's downstairs i'll tell you here in a second I'll have to get it for you and let you see it. Hmm. But it's essentially just traveling very cheaply and okay. kind of like... I think I've li- heard him reference that. Like yeah. living amongst the people and like it's like you go to a place for an extended period of time and, you know, it's like you can get odd, odd jobs to, to live there and, right. yeah, just traveling very cheaply. It'll open your eyes. I mean, we're spoiled in America. You yeah. know, we, we think it's all about us and... Yeah. You know, it's, there's a whole big world out there. Yeah. I... I um. I have a story I tell. So my grandparents, uh, my grandpa was a, a successful businessman. And I guess that might have had some influence on me, like, you know, seeing him succeed. Yes. But he paid, like, I have some Danish blood in, in me. And so my it was my grandma's side. And uh, they paid for our whole family to go to Denmark for two years when I was, like, eight, ten years old. Oh, wow. And uh, it was probably, one like, one of the most burned in memories in my head i don't have a lot of memories of my childhood but like i remember that trip it was freaking cool man um you say for two years you were there not two two months uh oh. two, two, two two weeks two weeks yeah oh, i, I might have you. i might have said that but no <laughs> two weeks we, two weeks um and uh yeah it was it was just neat like it was just different um I wish I could do more of that. Yeah. They say that's the time to travel. When like, you're young? Yeah, when you're young because your brain is just such a sponge. Well, I, I think, I think again, if you're like have the finances. But for me, like trying to do all these things, going to other places, like I'm constantly thinking about what I got going on back here. But if I had all that, you know, wrapped up and everything was yeah, you're very taken focused. care of, yeah, like then, then I'd be more open to the experience of being in that culture and immersing myself like i think that'd be the goal not not to just go like i have my wife always wants to go on vacation (laughs) and i'm like babe like you can turn off like i can't like i'll be sitting in mexico on the beach like fucking worrying about Mm -hmm. these 10 different things that i like if i do all my list then we can go like like i I can't go 
you know, with yeah. all these loose ends. It's just my brain doesn't. Yeah. It, it won't enjoy it. Yeah, there's just no point for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. So what's like what's in, what's on the horizons right now for you? Like where? Dude, I got I got this really cool thing. I can't I can't tell you exactly. Okay. Like, but um, I think I'm gonna introduce it under the Dead Right brand because I actually when I made Dead Right, it's Dead Right Strength and Fitness. Okay. Because I saw other possibilities. Um, but I've got this thing, this exercise machine type thing that is the closest thing I've ever been in like to a fight. Oh, wow. Okay. So you do this thing. Um, so the other day I went downstairs, I'm like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to do 20, 20 sets of 20 seconds, full intensity with 20 seconds rest. I did like two rounds of that. And I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm going to do 15 seconds. <laughs> so I'm going to do 20 sets of 15 seconds with 15 seconds rest. I tried that. I'm like, nope. Finally, I got down to 10 seconds. I'm like, I'm going to do 20 sets of 10 seconds, but with 20 seconds rest. And I was barely able to do it. And I got done and uh, everything like that this thing touched, it was just pumped. And like, I felt like I was going to vomit. And like, this is something. But I've got a prototype. Um, I had a fabricator help me. And, um, I gotta, I gotta make some money at my new job. Yeah. Because it's kind of on pause, and I gotta spend some money with a patent attorney. But I've got, I got, I got, I got something that's really cool. Oh wow, that's cool. It's really cool. It's exciting stuff, man. Yeah. Keep growing that brand. Yeah. Nice, dude. So if people want to check you out, where should they go? Um, ArmorNutshells.com is the website for nutshells, and Doctor, or excuse me, Dead-Right.com. Um, I'm not really active on social media too much. I got a Facebook and, (laughs) but not much time. Yeah. Yeah. You're too busy doing. Yep. Right on. Dude. Well, Jeremiah, thank you so much for taking the time and doing this, man. This has been like a fun conversation. I got one. Um, so my last name, Raber. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, my mom married Jim Raber. So like, I don't know my real dad, but my real dad's last name is Meredith. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang, bro. We might be related. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Fuck, dude. We might be yep. do, you know any, do you know any guys that Robert Meredith's? Um, no, I don't. So I've never met him, but I know his name. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So that whole side, so like the Meredith side of my family, so that would be um, like my mom's biological father. His name was Norman Meredith. Okay. And um, I don't really know that side of the family a whole lot, to be honest with you. She mm-hmm. was essentially... Like, the guy who I consider my grandfather, his last name was King. His name was Larry King. He's passed away. But, like, I don't really know too much on, on the merit of the side. So it's very well possible, mm. dude. I yeah. don't know. Have you ever taken one of those ancestry tests? Um. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so but, I, I mean, it doesn't tell you who your, you know, like, who your dad is. No, but it can, <laughs> it can like, tell you, like, cousins and different things sometimes. Or Have you done Um. Have you done it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've done mine. It, it, like, I get updates, but dude, there's hundreds of thousands of second uh, cousins and shit. And sometimes I wonder how accurate that really is, too. Right. But yeah, but oh, oh, that's interesting, dude. My wife was like, "You need to, you need to search him out." I don't know. He never searched me out. It's kind of like one of them things. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm not sentimental like that. So yeah. I'm just like, uh, it just yeah. is what it is. Right. Yeah, dude. Well, thanks again, man. Um, it's been real. It's been over an hour. So yeah, dude. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks Um, for having me. All right, man. Till next time. Yep. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, you enjoyed that conversation. If you are getting value out of the show, if you are gaining some perspective, if you're thinking about things in a different way, if you're laughing... 
any of the above, tell a friend. You know, next time you're talking to somebody, they'll be like, hey, man, what's that thing that you're listening to that's new, that's interesting, what's helping you? Tell them about your boy Adam. Tell them about the show. Help them help send them my way. And also, you may be listening, but you might not be subscribed. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button on whichever platform you're listening. And uh, write a rating and review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts. That helps the show grow. It helps it become more discoverable. All of these things help, and I cannot do it without you. So we are fucking back in the swing of things. We have more conversations on the way, so stay tuned. I love you guys. I'll see you next time. Bye. Mwah.